know, yes, thank you for staying with us tonight on gospelbellsradio.com for day 13 of Luke December Challenge 2022. Luke December Challenge is that challenge we, have, we instituted at Gospel Burst Radio in 2019 uh, where we invite members of our community to read through the gospel account according to St. Luke in the month of December, the month in which we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This has been a, a, a blessing over the years since 2019. And this year's edition has not uh, been has not been an exception to the case. There's been a huge blessing as well. I hope you have been following. If you have missed any of the episodes, please look on our site. You will find uh, the link to listen to past episodes of of uh, League December Challenge 2022. Thank you to all those who have read. Thanks to all those who are going to read in the near future. I will still have open spaces. I think for. Uh, for 20, 21, 22, 23, and 24, uh, the, the, for, for those days, I will still have open, uh, an open calendar so you can indicate if you would like to read uh, any of the chapters uh, scheduled for those days, for day 20, day 21, day 22, day 23, and day 24 of this challenge. On the 24th of December, by the grace of God, we hope to read two chapters on that day. And to conclude uh, this year's uh, Luke December challenge. Now, let us prayerfully read along as we listen to uh, their friend and my brother, Alalua Gutokun, uh, reading Luke chapter 13 for day 13 of Luke December challenge 2022. Thank you, Laos. Good evening, everyone. My name is Alaulua Ogunsoku, and I'll be reading Luke chapter 13 from the New International Version of the Bible. I read, Now, there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them. Do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he went to look for fruit on it. But did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard. For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree, and I haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. 10. On the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites! 
Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for eighteen long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound are? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. 18. Then Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air perched in its branches. Again he asked, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the door. 22. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. 28. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out, people will come from east and west, and north and south, and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first, and first who will be last. 31. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go tell that fox. I will drive out demons and ill people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must keep going today and tomorrow. And the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. 34. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those who sent to you. How often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. 35. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the word of God. Thank you. I know, yes, thank you so very much, Alaush, for reading Luke 13 for day 13 of Luke, December 
Challenge 2022. Now let's begin the treasure hunt as the Holy Spirit leads us. Remember again, if you have found treasures in addition to those that the Holy Spirit has led us to, please do let us know. Send it to us on WhatsApp or use any of the forms on our page uh, to send it to us so that we can share it with other members of our community. I pray the Lord uh, we continue to open our eyes to see the treasures in His Word in Jesus' name. And uh, I think we have one, two, three, four. Uh, four treasures to share tonight from Luke chapter 13. Four of them. There are many more. There are many more. And we encourage you to share the treasures that you have found in Luke uh, chapter 13 as well. The first one from what's here in the studio is this. There is no question as urgent as the question of salvation. And we must never be distracted by any other question. Listen to that again. There is no question as urgent as the question of salvation and we must never be distracted by any other question. It is not that other questions are not relevant. It is not that they are not important. It is not even that uh, they are not uh, that they do not deserve answers, but there is none as urgent as the question of salvation. There is no other question as urgent as the question of salvation. We read from Luke 13 that there were present at that time some who told Christ, they told our Lord about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Did, uh, did you hear that? So, um, w- w- what horror, what horror. Uh, and what happened was that uh, some were, were in the temple and Pilate, the governor at that time, had sent soldiers to kill them. And, they, and people went to Jesus and said to him, look, have you heard what Pilate did? How those people were killed? And you know the response of Christ? Jesus looked at them. Obviously, those who were questioning him, those who were telling him about these things, were people who had not come to accept his lordship, who had not come uh, to be reconciled to God. And Jesus said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered these things? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. He was not talking about them perishing uh, by the sword of Pilate. He was talking about their eternal damnation. He was talking about uh, the, the destiny of their souls. And what we find here is that uh, there was a civil question. Our Lord was confronted with a civil question, a civil wrong um, on the face of it. But he chose to address the most important question, the more urgent question. The question of salvation. And, and it, is, it is in the same way that we find in our culture today are many people concerned about human rights. And yes, there must be respect for human rights. There must be respect for the dignity of other human beings. But we find many people who have devoted their lives to, to such a cause, but who have not addressed the most urgent question, the question of the destiny of their souls. There are people who fight uh, for the rights of for gender equality and they put everything into it fighting for it there's nothing wrong with that within the bounds of the scriptures but those who will fight those fights those who will raise those questions must first of all resolve the question of the salvation of their souls that is what we can take from this that we can take from this it is not that Pilate did what was right it is not that uh, Jesus would not ordinarily condemn what Pilate did, but he chose not to focus on that. He instead, he instead was concerned for the salvation of the people who were not concerned for their own salvation, but were concerned about other questions in the society. No matter how lofty, how lofty the objective might be, I dare say, from a scriptural point of view, there is nothing more 
urgent than the question of the salvation of your soul. Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If you have done that, His Holy Spirit will lead you into all things. Then you can take on any cause, any lofty, any cause that is of good report. You can take up any fight in the society that's of good report. But what fight are you taking on when you have not settled the question of the salvation of your soul? Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, is reputed to have said, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? And you see, many people in the culture, especially people who operate from a secular worldview, uh, they love this kind of approach. That the most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? Yes, that is relevant, but you know, the really, the one that is most persistent, most urgent, that is of eternal consequence is the is the, is the question of the salvation of your soul. And if you are listening to us this evening and you have come to uh, the knowledge of the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I say congratulations to you. Hold on steadfastly uh, to your salvation. And if anyone uh, listening to us today has not come to the knowledge of the salvation of our Lord, through our Lord and Savior Jesus, we implore you in the stead of Christ, be reconciled to God. Come to God today through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's willing, he's ready uh, to accept you. And when you come to him, the angels in heaven will celebrate. That is the most urgent question in the world. Settle that question, then you can take up other questions in the world. But don't, don't, don't take, don't, don't, don't take up other questions, other struggles in the world without first uh, settling that question of the salvation of your soul. And that's the first treasure uh, from us here in the studio from Luke 13. And yet the second treasure from us here in the studio from Luke 13 is this. The dispensation of grace will end someday. The dispensation of grace will end someday. And that is something that we must bear in mind. The dispensation of grace will end someday. Look at uh, Luke 13, uh, verses 24 to 27. Allah said, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter, to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Then you begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our street. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. There's a time when the dispensation of grace will end. And throughout the, uh, the earthly ministry of our Lord, he emphasized that over and over and over again. Again, look at verses 34 and 35, where our Lord wept over Jerusalem. Uh, from verse 34, our Lord said, 34b, How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. That's the description of grace. How often? And perhaps the Lord is speaking to you as well. If you have not come to accept him as Lord and Savior, how often I've sent my messengers and my and my Holy Spirit and and, and my preachers to to invite you to come to the knowledge of uh, salvation through our Lord and Savior? How often? But you will not listen. And even for us who are in the faith, how often the Lord has called us over and over again uh, to to rededicate, to rededicate, to come back into the fold of Christ? How often? How often? Uh, could this be, could this apply to you? Uh, this this lament over Jerusalem could you? Uh, could we apply to 
to you? How could it apply to you? Could it be of you that the Lord is saying, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers a brood under her wings, but you were not willing? Grace, dispensation of grace, God pleading with you, bearing with you. But then verse 35, see, your house is left to you desolate, and assuredly I say to you, I said to you, you shall not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's a time when the Lord will come in judgment. He will come bringing salvation to uh, to those who believe in him and judgment to those who do not. I remember what Apostle Peter wrote. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the dispensation of grace. But listen to this. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the work that I need will be burned up. The Lord is not slack on his promises, and the dispensation of grace will end someday. Will end someday. I pray uh, that you will not reject so 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 great a salvation i pray that you will make use of the time you have while still alive you will make use of that time and the offer of salvation that our lord has has given you will take it take it with all of your heart take it holy and come uh, to the fold of christ in jesus name amen And yes, the third treasure from what's here in the studio from Luke 13 is this. Jesus wants you delivered from your infirmities. He wants you delivered from your infirmities. And again, uh, this buttresses the nature of our Lord that we know so well that he will not turn his eye away from anyone in need. He will not turn his eye away from anyone in need. I'll just read from verse 11 of Luke 13. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called, he called to her, he called out to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. You are loosed from your infirmity. And of course, uh, there were some uh, in the synagogue who said to him, No, 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 don't do this on the Sabbath day. But Jesus said to them, Jesus rebuked them, saying, This woman, being the daughter of Abraham, Ought not this woman, whom, whom Satan has bound, ought not uh, this woman be loosed from this bond even on the Sabbath? You see, nothing, Jesus will not allow anything to stand uh, between him and your deliverance. He will not allow anything to stand between him and your deliverance. Men may put up rules, they may put up obstacles uh, to, uh, to, to make it impossible for you to lay hold of the hem of his garment and receive your salvation. And I pray that any such obstacles, by faith, the Lord will remove them and you'll be delivered from your infirmities in Jesus' name. He's a caring God. He's a compassionate God. Remember that leper who said to him, Lord, if you are willing, I know if you are willing, you can help me. And the Lord said to him, almost like a rebuke, I am willing, I am willing to be made whole. And it is that same voice that I pray that you will hear and the Lord will reach out to you, you'll be delivered of your infirmities in the name of Jesus. And yes, the fourth treasure from us here in the studio from Luke 13 is this. And I want you to listen to this very carefully. This is a beautiful one uh, that has uh, so uh, many ramifications. Listen to it. Those who walk by sight 
cannot see the grand purposes of God. Those who walk by sight cannot see the grand purposes of God. Or you may even put it this way. Those who walk by sight will not. They will not see the grand purposes of God. And I want us to reflect very carefully on verses 18 to 21 of Luke 13. Then he said, What is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? And listen, to what did the Lord compare the kingdom of God? Verse 19, It is like a mustard seed which a man took and put in his garden, and it grew and became a large tree, and the best of the air nested in its branches. It is like a mustard seed, that tiny seed, that tiny seed which a man took and put in his garden. You see, it, it takes faith. It takes faith to suppose that from a tiny seed, a, a large tree would emerge. It takes faith to suppose that from a, a seed as tiny as a mustard seed, a large tree would emerge, a large tree under which the birds of the air would nest and find refuge. That is what our Lord, uh, that is to what our Lord compared uh, the kingdom of God. And you see, it only it takes walking by faith to see the grand purposes of God. In John 4, 14b, our Lord said, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into eternal life. I mean, if our Lord was saying, I'll just give you a cup of water, but you know what, what will become of that cup of water? It will become in you a fountain of water springing up into eternal life. You see, the grand purposes of God, you will not say it if you walk by sight. If from Jesus you take a cup of water, you would suppose that uh, the water would merely quench your thirst for the now. But those who walk by faith will see that the gift from our Lord Jesus Christ, the gift of the Holy Spirit, will spring uh, into them a fountain of water springing up into it, into everlasting life. In Luke 12, 32, our Lord said, Fear not, little flock, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. From little, from little, God brings out mighty things. He brings out mighty things and it takes uh, walking by faith to see the grand purposes of God. Matthew 17, 20, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall see unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, then you will be able to pray bold prayers, bold prayers. You see, it takes faith to pray bold prayers. You agree? It takes faith to pray, but it takes faith to suppose that by going on your knees and praying by faith in the name of Jesus, you could you could change the world. And that is what the kingdom of God is like. Tiny things, tiny acts of faith, tiny little acts of faith can bring can bring about mighty, mighty things in the world. Ezekiel 17 from verse 22. This is what the sovereign Lord says: I myself will take a shoot. From the very top of a cedar and plant it, I will break off a tender sprig from its topmost shoot and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it. It will produce branches and bear fruit and become a splendid cedar. Birds of every kind will nest in it. They will find shelter in the shade of its branches. I mean, you have to read that part. Go and read that portion again. Our Lord says that He will that He plant that He would take a tender sprig from its most topmost shoot 
and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. I mean, you don't expect uh, a tree, a big tree to grow on a mountain because, of course, uh, the, the, the soil would not be as fertile. Again, uh, the Lord uh, uh, proposed this out uh, to take the most tender sprig from the topmost shoot, the one that is most tender. A lot said from that, from that most tender uh, part of the tree, planted on a mountain, that's on a rocky, uh, on a rocky soil, from that, from that, our branches would come, branches that would bear fruit and become a splendid cedar. When the Lord starts his work in your life, you have to walk by faith to be able to see the uh, the purposes of God. Again, we find, look, I mean, read through the scriptures. You find that the cure prescribed for snake bite was looking up to a serpent on a pole. How could that be? The cure for Naaman's leprosy was birthing in the Jordan. How could that be? Praise singing, the singing of praise was the strategy to bring down the walls of Jericho. How could that be? The savior of all mankind was born to a virgin and a carpenter in a manger. How could that be? The strategy for taking the gospel to every corner of the world was to bring together a team of 12 non-entities, the disciples. How could that be? The food set aside to feed 5,000 was five loaves and two fish. Five loaves and two fish to feed 5,000. How could that be? Over and over again, as we read from 1 Corinthians 1.27, over and over again, God chooses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chooses the weak things of this world to shame the strong. And you see, those who walk by sight will never see the grand purpose of God. Those who walk by sight, they will look at things and say, oh, this is too little. Nothing can come out of it. They will walk away. Those who walk by sight, they will say, well, how can prayer be the solution to this? They will not engage in it. Those who walk by sight, we say, how can uh, the solution to all of the world's problem be uh, the by by the world putting a faith in our Lord and Savior? How can salvation in Jesus be the solution to all of our problems? They will not be able to see it. Those who walk by sight will never see the grand purposes of God. Yet, over and over again, God chooses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chooses the weak things of this world to shame the strong. That hymn writer, William Cowper, he wrote, and we're going to play this song at the end of this, of this episode. God moves in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea. He rides upon the storm. You fearful saints, fresh courage take. The cloud you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err and to scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. So I ask you, the Holy Spirit is asking you tonight, does it seem like your little effort matters little? Well, God delights in making use of little. God delights in making use of little. You will never know how your efforts fit into the grand plans of God. Just persist. Persist in doing what he has called you to do, no matter how little, no matter how seeming, uh, seemingly inconsequential. You never know how your efforts fit into the grand plans of God. God delights in making use of little. Does it seem uh, like a little prayer said by faith in the name of Jesus cannot possibly be the solution to that huge problem? Cannot possibly be the solution to that mountain before you? Well, remember, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Does it seem that witnessing to that one person is nothing more than witnessing to just one person? 
Well, don't be surprised that when you get to heaven and you are able to see the full picture, you will find that like a mustard seed which a man took and put in his garden, your prayer, your word in season, and your labor of love, you will be surprised to find that your prayer, your word in season, and your labor of love did grow and did become a large tree under which the birds of the air found shelter. I do pray that uh, walking by sight will not rob you of saying the grand purposes of God, that you will persist in whatever he has called you to do, that the Lord will open your eyes to see his grand purposes even in the little things, in the seemingly inconsequential things, and in in people who appear to you uh, to be non-entities by the standards of this world. May the Lord increase your faith to believe that greatness can come from small and little acts of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. And yes, thank you very much for joining us tonight for day 13 of Luke December Challenge 2020. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow at 9 p.m. for day 14. For day 14 of Luke December Challenge 2022. And of course, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., by the grace of God, I'll be on radio for Thankful Thursday. Do you have a testimony to share? Please do reach out to us and share with us. Share with all of God's people. We'll be glad to hear your voice tomorrow uh, on Thankful Thursday at 7 a.m. And at 8 a.m., by the grace of God, I'll be here for, on the Lord's side, Christian Perspectives on News and and current events. And now I leave you with this, uh, this rendition of God moves in a mysterious way. And the prayer again is this, that the Lord will increase your faith, will open your eye of faith to see his grand purposes for your life in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Moves in a mysterious way His wonders to perform He plants his footsteps in the sea And rides upon the not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust Him for His grace. Behind the frowning providence, He hides a smiling Wonder
Oh, 